This is a download from Channel 4. To find out more, go to channel4radio.com. Previously on Lost. Two players, two sides. One is light, one is dark. Do you want to know a secret? What if everything that happened here happened for a reason? We can't live together. We're going to die alone. I thought I heard whispering. We're not the only people on this island, and we all know it. We have only three choices. Run, hide, or die. Do you think we're being punished? Every 108 minutes, the button must be pushed. Guys, where are we? This is UK Lost from Channel 4 Radio. I'm Ian Lee, and once again I've come down into the hatch to take a close look at this week's episode. But I'm not down here alone. That would mean talking to myself, which would be quite weird. So I'm joined by my panel of what I've chosen to call experts, although others might more unkindly describe them as geeky lost obsessives. We have prizes to be won. We'll take a look at some of the theories you've sent in, and although this is a spoiler-free show, we'll have a very tiny glimpse of next week's episode. So come down into the hatch... Sit down or recline if you prefer as we bring you UK Lost from Channel 4 Radio. Let's introduce this week's panellists. We have Janine. Hello, Janine. Hi. The question this week that we all love answering is, if you were in charge of picking one leader for the plane survivors, who would you choose? And I'm going to let you choose people that aren't on the island as well, people that we've seen in flashbacks. Oh, God, now you tell me. Well, that, that opens it up a little bit, doesn't it? Well, it does, but I've already picked mine, and okay. I think it's got to be Saeed. He's had military training, he knows about, you know, tracking, cabling, all those kind of things. He can be quite balanced, and he managed to deal with uh, Ana Lucia really well, and I think he could adapt that and, and really be a good leader. Uh, Nikki's here. Hello, Nikki. Hi, Ian. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm OK. Who would you choose as a leader uh, of the survivors? I'm going to roll with Sawyer. Was man, a the con man's man. an idiot. He's not an idiot. He's only playing an idiot. He oh. was a con man. He knows how to play people. Hmm. And I think that sort of degree of cunningness is required in order to overthrow degree of, the others. Degree of... Cunningness. Cunning, you did say cunningness, thank you. Uh, and we have Paul, who's the editor of the Brilliant Lost magazine. Uh, Paul, who would you choose as, a, as the leader of the survivors? Um, I think it has to be Danielle Russo, because um, she's been there 16 years. Oh. She survived the whole period on the island, but for comedy value, she's kind of crazy. Yeah. So she could have a, mi- a mixture of really good ideas for how to survive, you know, food and tracking and stuff yeah. like that. And then just occasionally, when uh, it's full moon, go bonkers. A French woman on an island for 16 years, yet she still hasn't got hairy arms. That, to me, it doesn't tally up. Okay, now listen, we've just uh, sat huddled around a very, very big expensive telly watching episode 11, uh, so it's still quite fresh in our minds. But for those of you who need a quick reminder, here's a recap of what happened in this episode. It's another Jack flashback week and we meet Gabriella who has sought out Jack to operate on her father's spinal tumour as she'd heard he was a miracle worker. Jack's father tells them it's not possible to remove it but Jack agrees to have a go. Uh, in the build up to the operation we see that Jack's relationship with his wife is now very strained and that Jack and Gabriella have drawn closer. Something that Jack's dad tries to warn him about. Careful. 
There's a line, son. You know it's there. And pretending it's not, that would be a mistake. Guess you would know. Maybe okay for some people, Jack, but not for you. During the surgery, Gabriella's father dies on the operating table, and Jack blames himself for this. Angry and upset, he leaves the hospital to find the quite attractive Gabriella waiting for him, and a comforting hug turns into a lovely kiss. Uh, Jack goes home to his wife and tells her what happened. He says he's made a mistake and will fix it, but Sarah has some news of her own. Jack. Jack. I'm Leaving you, that's why my mother was here. She was helping me back. I've been seeing someone, someone else. I have to. I can't stay. She will always need something to fix. Bye. Back to the island where Michael has run off with a gun to find Walt and Jack, Sawyer and Locke in hot pursuit with a very reluctant Kate ordered to stay behind. On their journey, gunshot is heard. They find shell casings from Michael's gun and Jack questions Sawyer's motives for being there. You out here for Michael or just payback for getting shot? Why are you out here, Doc? You got your reasons and I got mine. It's getting dark now and Locke has lost Michael's trail and wants to go back, whereas Jack wants to plough on. While they're disagreeing, the bearded other who shot Sawyer on the raft appears. He seems to know their names and has a warning for them. You know, somebody a whole lot smarter than anybody here once said that since the dawn of our species, man's been blessed with curiosity. You know the other one about curiosity, don't you, Jack? This is not your island. This is our island. And the only reason you're living on it is because we let you live on it. Now, it becomes clear that Jack, Locke and Sawyer are greatly outnumbered and the bearded other tells them to drop their weapons and leave. Jack stands firm until the others reveal their ace card and bring out Kate with a gun to her head. Jack finally surrenders and they leave like bottlers. In the final scene, Jack is back at the beach and talking to Anna Lucia. Say he tells me that you're a cop. I was a cop. Can I ask you something? Shoot. How long do you think it would take to train an army? Now, this is a cracking episode because we kind of find out quite a lot about the others. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But this is all about Jack. Now, Paul, where do we think his flashback fits into the timeline of what we've already learnt about him? Um, I think it's they've been married for a, a short while. Maybe, I don't know, a year or a year and a half. It's, mm. um, it's not that clear. I mean, one of the things that the fans have talked about online is this whole tattoos thing. Because mm. we haven't seen where that's happened. We haven't talked about where that's, that's, that's all going on. But the tattoos aren't on him. When he climbs into bed, which, oh, and the I shirt did, came I did not off. Notice that. <laughs> so yeah, that, I think that's what the fans have talked about is the fact that there aren't the tattoos there. So where does that fit in? Maybe it was four years, maybe prior to the mm. to the crash or something. What's good about this flashback, as opposed to his last flashback, is he's not wearing a rubbish wig. That <laughs> ruined <laughs> that ruined the opening of the Absolutely series for me. Awful. You, you you start off a new series and he's got a terrible wig and you think, oh dear, production values <laughs> have gone down a little bit. Uh, the word miracle pops up quite a lot in this flashback. What do we make of that? Again, it's another kind of religious yeah, thing. Yeah, I was thinking that earlier. We're back to that whole, it's Jack Jesus. Let's just ponder that for a second. <laughs> is Jack Jesus? No, he's not. Uh, but he's a shepherd. Interesting you mention that, because the names are quite significant in this week's episode. Nikki, what do you, you think about Jack in, in this episode? Do you know what? I'm not normally a fan of Jack. I mm. find him very whiny and 
But I have to say, if I do get pissed off with Jack at any stage, I might rewatch this episode because I did feel a bit of compassion for him in that last scene when his wife told him she was cheating on him. Yeah, the first time I saw that, I had a tear in my eye. Mm. Damn you girls, why do you do that to us? <laughs> uh, but the thing is, he tries to cop off... Well, he does cop off a bit with Gabriella, doesn't he? But he was tired. It was a long shift. <laughs> Remember that? Wow. He's panicked. <laughs> that works as an excuse, does it? Well, oh, I was tired. I'd done a long shift, and I just snogged a woman. Yeah, you know, it happens on the way home on the tube. On the tube. Bus <laughs> <laughs> stop. Uh, on the island, uh, we see the beginnings of a power struggle between Jack and Locke. Uh, and Locke says, "Don't tell me what I can't do." Which we, he, we've heard him kind of say this. Sort yeah, of thing that's before. becoming his little catchphrase, isn't it? Because the thing is, Locke has always been the one in series one and the start of series two uh, that, that has kind of adhered to the island. Mm. But now Locke seems to kind of be going off on his own and rebelling ever yeah, so yeah. slightly. He seems a bit upset with where he is and what he's got to do. Well, I think he's got that whole thing where you know this whole destiny thing and the hatch and show me a sign and the big shaft of light in the, in the first mm. series, and then he's realised that his destiny is basically a button. And I think, I think that's Locke kind of getting to him. I know. think Locke thinks he's figured it out. I think also Locke has found himself in a parallel situation to what he was in before. You know, he was just sat at a desk before he took the trip. Exactly, yeah. Pushing buttons, and mm. now he's doing exactly the same thing. Worst line in the episode, I thought, was when Sawyer says to Jack, I'm coming with you. And Jack said, no, you're still on antibiotics. Well, uh, <laughs> there was <laughs> yeah. a giggle from the crowd at that <laughs> yeah. point. And, and then Sawyer counteracts with, yeah, well, lucky I'm travelling with my doctor. I like the way Kate can't come, who's an able-bodied, quite fit young woman, and Sawyer's just had his arm blown off. Yeah. And yeah. he's allowed to go. And he's going to hardly walk. But Kate can't come, I'm guessing, because of the snot that uh, her and Jack had. There's, there's some tension there, isn't there, from that kiss still? Well, no, it's the, it's the whole... I think the way they use the flashbacks is always what's playing on the character's mind. So I think it's... I think he's freaking out a bit and he's remembering the whole... completely ruining his marriage mm. with the snog. He's remembering the kiss with Kate, but maybe he doesn't want to ruin that relationship, so he's just putting that on the back burner going, get out of focus, get out of my face. Well, maybe job, he's just being Michael. chivalrous. That's what I think. He's not that perfect. <laughs> no, he's not oh, perfect. Oh, God, I don't think he's perfect at all. No, no, not at all. Uh... So- Locke tells Sawyer that he knows his real name is James Ford. Any significance in that reveal at all? Locke just likes screwing with people sometimes, and mm. I think that's uh, that's his that's his thing. He's the best actor on the show, isn't Absolutely. he? Absolutely. One of the reviews says he brings a Marlon Brando quality to it. He does. He, he's, I think he's I think he's brilliant. Where he just you know he, he doesn't have to do anything. There was a brilliant bit when he a tiny thing when he, he gets up from uh, after Michael's whacked him in the head and he just checks his head to see if he's bleeding. And I just thought it was superb the way he does it. I'm a big fan. Uh, now we're talking about the names in Lost, uh, all kind of r- religious and uh, philosophical things coming in here. I have to read these. I, I, I point this out because my philosopher knowledge isn't too hot. Uh, Locke, uh, Rousseau, and Carlyle are apparently philosophers. Car- I'll take your word. Thomas Carlyle, of course, is a Victorian philosopher, and the others are from. Other periods (laughs) within history. (laughs) We'll we'll move on. Uh, There's there's the religious things uh, as well. Jack Shepard, the leading the flocks. Jesus, as as we said earlier. Jesus was a carpenter. No, that was his dad, wasn't it? Oh, what was Jesus? Oh, he was the son of God. Well, he was a trainee, surely. (laughs) He was a trainee. He was YTS, wasn't he? He could not get up. He's got an MBQ. He could not get up a good stall if he needed. Aaron, the annoying baby. Uh, And the the Shannon Rutherford. Mm. Now, here's an interesting thing. Ernest Rutherford was a scientist who studied magnetism and radiation. Oh, which could relate back to the magnetic island e- theory electro- of last week. Magnetic yeah. island, mm, you yes, see. Yes, I like that one. Uh, and Ethan Rom is an anagram of five points, anyone? Other man. There we go, sir. Well done. So, do, do we think 
This is the problem with Lost, and this is what does my head in. What's a clue, what's a coincidence, and what's a red herring? Are they giving us the answers via people's names? Is there any significance in their names at all? Or am I just looking for stuff where there isn't stuff? I mean, I think with any cool show or any cool movie, when they they really think about what the characters should be called, Mm. I think that's probably where it starts. And then if there are other associations from that, maybe the Rutherford thing, I didn't didn't know that. That sounds cool. Oh, hang on. You're you're the editor of Lost Magazine. And I've just lost my job. Well, (laughs) looks like I've got a new gig after this. (laughs) And also this week's episode was brilliant because there was lots of sun action in it. And we've not seen much of her recently. Is Sun your favourite by any chance? She's yeah. the most beautiful woman in the world. The beautiful Sun. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go five rounds with gin to win her heart. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's it's competition time, and the prizes this week are three lost goodie bags, and one person will go into the draw to win a big bunker of lost prizes, some of which are signed by the cast. The question is, in this week's episode, how many shell casings from Michael's gun did Jack, Locke and Sawyer find on the jungle floor? Is it A7... B, 3, or C, 1. If you know the answer, call 09011 Leave your answer, your name and your telephone number. Calls cost 25 pence a minute. Or you can text LOST, then your answer, to 83188. Each text costs 25 pence. You're listening to UK Lost from Channel 4 Radio. I'm Ian Lee, and let's get back to episode 11, where Jack and Locke finally come face-to-face with the others. Now, this was really exciting, isn't it? When they're, they're traipsing through the jungle, and the bearded man... Well, he has a name, the bearded man, doesn't he? On what, script. This is on, he's him? referred to as Mr. Friendly. I mean, Sawyer calls him Zeke. But that's but, um, just like, you know, like a hillbilly yeah. kind of... Yeah. Now, you, you were mentioning this earlier on, Paul, that you've seen the scripts yeah. for Lost. Yeah. And there are some different things in there. Well, naturally, they do change and evolve as the drafts go along. Right. But obviously, when they do, like, they break, like, three episodes in a row, then they'll draft those, then they just make adjustments as those go along. So we get the drafts to mm. sort of, you know, try and plan ahead with the magazine. But Mr. Friendly, uh, that's what he's referred to as, in, as the script. Uh, now, he says, since the dawn of our species, man's been blessed with curiosity, which comes... That's a quote from the advert, is it, from the Hanso Foundation? Yeah, is it, it is in the advert? So that would imply there's a connection between the others... And Hanso. That's right. Um, now, now, Nick, you've been following what's being described on the internet, or called on the internet, as the lost experience, yes. which starts with the Hanso Foundation website, doesn't it? It does. Basically, what what's happened so far is that there was an advert that showed during the first episode of Lost over here in the UK. So, what, the first episode of series two, which yes. some people yeah. I know didn't see it because they everyone's Sky Plus is now or whatever, so they fast forwarded through it and missed it. And it seemed to be some kind of like public announcement, um, and it was from the Hanso Foundation. And it talked about. Alvar Hanzo, who is the leader of the Hanzo Foundation. And that's where that quote comes from. Following on from that, we established that the Hanzo Foundation had relaunched their website, which happened around about the same time. And what's the web address? Um, it was thehanzofoundation.org, but that has now shut down okay. in a dramatic fashion. What, and what was going on on the Hanzo... Because there were other websites with similar addresses that were just fan sites, but the thehanzofoundation.org is the official, in inverted commas, Hanso website. That's right. We've heard from the producers that this is actually a, a, an official website. So that's shut down now, but what was going on before it shut down? Let's, so, get, let's get geeky. Come on, I want sure, to know sure. everything. Give me okay, everything. Well, the top line is, um, so there were about six weeks worth of hacks going on, and there was this woman called Persephone who seemed to be hacking the Hanso website. Mm. Um, and what she seemed to be telling us was that all of the stuff on their website was a big lie, 
they were saying how good they were and how they're helping the world and she was sort of hacking in and saying check this guy out he's been to jail this guy's cheating on his wife Alvar Hanzo hasn't been seen in public for since 2002 all of this sort of stuff and then obviously the foundation after six weeks just got fed up with it and they shut the website down which happened a couple of weeks ago right so then the very same day that it shut down this character emerges and sets up a blog site her name's Rachel Blake and I've been glued to this site since it went live the uh, URL of it is stophanzo.rachelblake.com. Okay. I think, you know, anyone can go there. I don't even think you need a password. And she's trying to bring down the Hanzo Foundation. Yeah, it seems so. Like, she's... Uh, the Hanzo Foundation is in Copenhagen in Denmark. And she's gone there. And she's got all these mics and cameras and all this sort of stuff. And She has no acting she's ability, She's tracking them she? down. Apparently not. No, she's a, she's a strange... I'm not very good at picking these things, no. but... And so she, uh, she's had... How many reports on there? We, we watched one bef- earlier on today. She's filmed one report, has she? Yeah, no, she's filmed almost five now but we've also heard bits of audio from a man called Mittelwerk who's the CEO of the Hanzo Foundation mm. but and there's this, all sorts going this on. This gets updated like, every week, every day? It seems to be every day at the moment. Wow! Very cool. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. Cool, well keep an eye on that and let us know if anything happens. Certainly will. Uh, anyway, back to, to the episode that we've seen, uh, episode 11. Mr Friendly calls for Alex in the woods. Alex is the name of the French woman's lost baby. I think it's, yeah, it's referred to as her daughter, so, you okay. know, and, um, and so Alex. Do we think it's the same Alex, or is it... I think, I mean, yeah, everything happens for a reason, apparently, when all these quotes, they, they banter around about the show, and I think that that would be foolish to not follow that through, so I think we should keep an eye on and listen out for the word Alex a bit more. Uh, Mr Friendly calls Walt a very special boy. Mm. That's suspicious, isn't it? What the hell's going on there? This would, would give credence to the theory that Walt has got some kind of special magic psychic powers. But what was Walt doing with the, with the earlier on in this series with the visions that he, he had, well, Shannon had of him, and then mm. Side saw him as well, you know, I think that's important to, to keep Because he's connected to a of. brain computer. Nice. I will tell you more in a little <laughs> bit. Uh, he says that Michael won't find us here. What does that mean? Because we know that they're kind of... The others are brilliant at disappearing and blending and appearing without being noticed. So he's saying, basically, that Michael will be fine because he's not going to get anywhere near us. Which is interesting because they mm. had about 32-odd flaming torches light up. Instant and if, if, light and if flaming Michael torches. was in like a sort of five-mile radius, he might have seen a slight glow. Do we think there are actually people holding those flaming torches or is it some kind of intricate gas system that wow. we've got? Because uh, nice. nice. they, all, they nice. all lit up very in a uniform Instantly. manner. And, and then they distinguished yeah. as well. Extinguished. <laughs> Did you say distinguished? They were very distinguished. They were distinguished. <laughs> they came along you. and said, how do you do? So I'm not convinced that there are actually the others there. I, I, ah. it, it could just be the guy with the gun and Mr Friendly. I don't know. This is, it's just an idea. It's just I haven't an thought idea. of that. Thank hmm. you. Mr Friendly and the others uh, know about them opening the hatch. And the, he's saying you, you're on someone else's house, you're opening doors, you shouldn't open, going into places you shouldn't go to. It's, there's quite a bit of tension, isn't it? Basically they're saying, look... Your guests on our island, you can have that half. This is our half. Don't come too close. It's none of your business. Also, you've got to think about how do they know their names? Are they literally in sleeping distance of them at night? Are they mm. listening out to their conversations? Or The thing with Lost, man, is it, it gives with one hand, it takes with the other. You think you find out loads of stuff, but really they've just given you a load more questions that yeah. you're mm. potentially are never going to be answered. Uh, very quickly, Jack and Anna Lucia at the end. That's exciting. How long will it take to get an army together, love? Do you think we can knock an army up? <laughs> that would be... So it looks like there's going to be a battle. We're heading towards a battle. Let's hope so. <laughs> OK. Uh, still to come on UK Lost, your theories, our Geek of the Week, an exclusive clip of episode 12, and find out how you could be here with me down the hatch next week. Since the dawn of time, man has been curious, imagining all that is possible. 
The Hanzo Foundation, reaching out to a better tomorrow. Discover the experience for yourself. Go to thehanzofoundation.org. This is UK Lost from Channel 4 Radio. I'm Ian Lee, here with Paul, Janine and Nikki, who are now going to help me make sense of what this island is all about as we delve into the big bag of lost theories. These are all ones that you've sent in, so I'm hoping not to find any that are mad rubbish scribbled in crayon on the back of an envelope. OK, theory one is the Gamma Rays Theory by Tazzy. Uh, This isn't a complete... Oh, by the way, we'll give these marks out of ten when we've done. This isn't a complete theory, but I believe the island and the Dharma project is based around gamma radiation. Gamma rays... Gamma rays are what turned David Banner into the Incredible Hulk, weren't they? Yeah. Gamma rays are stopped with concrete walls, and I think this is what's in the hatch. They consist of electromagnetic radiation, which travel at the speed of light and kill bacteria, which would explain why all the food and medical equipment down the hatch has been preserved for an unlimited amount of time. I believe, says Tazzy, that when the button is not pushed, the source of radiation becomes unstable and is released on the island. This is what the sickness was. There have been several references to missing limbs, and the man in the orientation video appeared to have a false arm. None of our losties have contracted the sickness as they arrived after the rays have died down. Paul, what do you think to that nonsense? Well... It's all right. I mean, he's honing in on the on the, the sort of humming behind the concrete wall and side, mm. saying, you know, Chernobyl and um, and and bits and pieces there. But then, but why? It's like an interesting theory. It's just been strung together by scraps. But then, but why? He's not said so. The reason why there's gamma radiation. It all sounds quite plausible on paper. But this is the thing. If you're going to send in a theory, make it complete. Disappointing, Tazzy. Very disappointing. And I think that will be reflected in your score. Theory two. It's a small world theory by Peg. Have you noticed how so many of the characters' backstories overlap? I think we should be focusing on this more, as I believe they are all involved in a study into the six degrees of separation. This theory states that everyone is connected to everyone with no more than six links in the chain. Some kind of extreme science group obviously tried to test this in the interesting environment of a plane flying from one side of the world to another, but one of the passengers got wind... Oh, no, sorry, hang on. (laughs) Sorry, I've read that wrong. One of the passengers got wind of what was happening. Maybe he overheard a meeting in the toilets. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. And they were forced... They were for- it gets better. They were forced to terminate the experiment by crashing the plane <laughs> as it was unethical and they'd be arrested if found out. <laughs> found out. The exciting twist to this is that I think one of the losties is part of the extreme science group. My money is on Mr Echo. Nikki, <laughs> oh. uh, what do you reckon to that? Genius. <laughs> really, isn't it? Great, great theory, but what happens? Why are there hatches? Why are there others? What's going on? All of a sudden, this six degrees of separation has turned into an island experience, which mm. has a whole lot of other levels to it. it. It doesn't add up for me, I'm afraid. Uh, uh, what do you think to that theory, Paul? I, I like that. I think yeah. that's cool. And what I like about it is it, it sort of puts a lot of pressure on the, the makers of the show, in the sense that they are sort of overlapping more and more characters mm. and small characters and animals and making them all, like, all their lives interconnected and it's whether the show saying they are all connected and here comes a big reason or is it about them saying coincidence mm. okay that's quite good uh, theory three now I've read this I don't know if this is true I need I need you geeks to back me up and let me know if this is true or not the gold car theory by David Porter hi Ian and the gang hey oh, hello David Porter this theory is one that has been developed by the guys from the Channel 4 forum. Well done, you. Mm. Basically, several of the characters have been involved in car accidents. Michael, Locke, Series 1, Episode 19, when running after his mum. Kate. 
<laughs> Shannon's dad and Jack's wife. Now, if you go back and look at the car that Michael, Locke and Kate are hit by, you'll see they were all the same gold car. This makes me think that there are agents who have been watching all of our losties over the years and have interfered at crucial moments. I suspect that a gold car was involved with the accent of Shannon's dad and Jack's ex-wife. I also suspect that we will see more of these gold cars as the series progresses. This will confirm for us that they have been followed for a long time by agents and have been individually picked to go on the island for monitoring, experiments, etc. What do you think? He's actually put that in for me, so I don't need to ask that. Nikki. <laughs> I love that one. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Is it true, though? I'd not noticed this, if I it is true. It is true, um, and you, if you do go back and watch, you can see all of this. Uh, Paul, what do you, uh, is this true? I've it's, not noticed well, this. Yeah, it's one of those theories that, that sounds awesome, and then you think, yeah, but I, I need to watch that again. Yeah. Is, it, is it the same gold car, or is it a red car with a slight bit of gold dust on it, and then gold a yellow dust? car that's, you know... <laughs> gold dust, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I, think, I, I think it's cool, but it's just... Uh, it's one of those frustrating theories that... I, it's too good to be true. Okay, well, let's give the marks out of ten. Theory one: the gamma rays by Tazzy. Very incomplete theory, this, isn't yeah, it? I, I think make the effort next boring, time to three. Bo- boring. You're saying so. You're saying you're saying three, Nikki. Yeah. Janine? I'm gonna say five. Five. Two. I, I'm gonna. I, I, we'll round it off at a four. I think a four is a is a nice score for what is you know an ill thought out thing. Theory two: it's a small world theory by Peg. I'm I'm saying six. I thought it was quite sweet. Let's give it a sweet six. <laughs> Six. I'm going to give it a six as well, so I guess that, that kind of makes it a six. We don't have half scores on this because it's too tricky. Theory three, the gold car theory by David Porter. I like the gold car theory a lot. I'm going to give it eight. Eight. Paul? I'm going to give it the big fat ten because <gasps> because it should be true in the sense of what he's trying to say is the Truman Planet project and they're all being watched. So but, I think that's if the theme okay. behind it is awesome and I'm going to give him a ten. It's, it's good awesome lad. ten. Wow, it's never happened. Now, before, uh, unprecedented behaviour, Nikki. Well, I was going for a nine, but now I feel a bit stingy. You'd be but stingy I'm if you at want. Nine. Okay, very distinguished. Okay, I'm going to give it uh, <laughs> a nine as well. So that that averages out a nine. I don't think that's worthy of a ten because we don't know if it's factually correct or not. The gold car, but it's got nine. Now, if you are listening to this and you have your own theories that you'd like to have torn apart by a panel of geeks, you can email them to us at UKLost at channel4.com. Now, this is an excellent point, Paul, where I can tell you my superb theory. Oh, excellent. (laughs) Walt, as we know, is a psychic genius. The others have him. They have connected him to what I like to call a super brain computer. This super brain computer can be used to create things, uh, physical things that happen on the island uh, and can affect people a lot, and that that's it, I think. And that, that, was, that was all there was, wasn't it, to my theory? I think like that, that Walt is... It was longer Walt, last week. It was longer last week, wasn't it? Where's a bit of it gone? <laughs> Walt is a psychic genius connected to a super brain computer. He's controlling everything on the island. I, that, I'll tell you what I like it. No, okay, I'll tell you what I like it, because it's not just a Walt thing, because you, you, now you start thinking about things like the monster, like the security yes, system. Yes. If there's someone in, a, in like a monitoring system yes. watching like the, the pilot going, help. So, now that's cool, because if it's someone with their psychic things chucking people around, chucking trees up, you know, uh, the black smoke. If it's a psychic projection, that's pretty cool. Um, I've just taken it to another should, stage. You've got <laughs> there's, an, there's an evil psychic as well, and right. Walt is the good psychic, and they're battling. Oh, oh, there's, there's an evil psychic. Okay. Uh, now, you may or may not have noticed that one of our regular panellists, Tom, is missing this week. Uh, not because he couldn't come in, it's because I've banished him from the hatch for being far too geeky and a little bit too argumentative uh, and not giving my theories the respect that they deserve. But I have allowed him to phone in. Hello, Tom. 
Hello, Ian. Now, you have been banished, Tom. How did you take the news when you got the text from me saying, Tom, don't bother coming in anymore? I cried, um, and I'm binged on Lost for a whole evening. Now, <laughs> I'm going to send you on a top-secret mission. One of the creators of Lost, Damon Lindelof, is going to be in London very, very soon. We would like you to go and interview him for us. You're joking? No. Really? Yes, w- would, you do- would you accept that mission? But you have to record it and send the tape in. We don't want you here again. Oh, that is, that, I can do that for you, Ian. I would love to do that. And I'll tell you what, Tom, while you're there, why don't you ask him about the super brain computer? I think I might do. We'll yeah. see what he has to say about yeah. it. Well, thank you, Tom. You better go off. I think your mum's calling you. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, we will get his report in a couple of weeks, I'm sure. Now, I'm Ian Lee. This is UK Lost on Channel 4 Radio. And a bit earlier on, we saw episode 11. Uh, and my panellists, Paul, Janine and Nikki, didn't watch it like normal people. They watched it like owls, pouncing on every little tiny clue in the hope of impressing me and becoming Geek of the Week. So, let's start with Nikki. What did you spot that people with normal eyes wouldn't have seen? The gun that Mr Friendly is holding is a Luger pistol. Oh, yeah. It was a popular military handgun of the early 20th century and used by the Germans. Germans in World War II. Oh, right. This is another part of the military connection which comes up a lot on uh-huh. the island. Okay, carry on. That's it. Oh, what? Uh, Janine, what have you got? Well, I've got another music theory this week. <laughs> when Charlie and Hurley are in the hatch, Charlie pulls out Geronimo Jackson album. Mm. So if you know about music, like what I do, um, you'd know that this band were formed in the 70s on the campus of the University of Michigan. Oh, yeah. In America. And this is the same time and the same place that the DeGroots formed the Dharma Initiative. So is there a connection between the DeGroots and Geronimo Jackson? Were they in Geronimo Jackson? I didn't know that they were a real band. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was made up band as well. I thought for, for songwriters, they'd have to make up all the bands. Because the so, cover you know. looked so fake. Mm, looked exactly. so 70s yeah. with that ridiculous writing that it was it was mm. mocked up just for... It was a private joke. <laughs> Paul, what's your uh, geeky fact? Okay, well, on the uh, the date on the x-ray of the uh, of the man with the tumour, the, the old chap, was uh, 16th of November 2005. So some people might have been thinking when they saw that and freaked out and thought does it mean that Lost is set sometime in the future and no it's not it was a mistake it's it's, uh, it's a bit of a mistake yeah. so and these things happen you know you have like so much continuity to watch out for in TV shows so it's almost like saying now officially that was a mistake mm. is good because otherwise people will go down a road and freak out for uh, things like well, movies you and the week. Well thank done. you sir thank you sir you don't get anything for it uh, except for my respect uh, now if you're listening to this and you think you can do better and would like to be down the hatch with me next week you can email me at uklost at channel4.com uh, let's have a quick reminder of this week's competition the prizes are three lost goodie bags and one person will go into the draw to win a big bunker of lost prizes some of which are signed by the cast. The question is, in this week's episode, how many shell casings from Michael's gun do Jack, Locke and Sawyer find on the jungle floor? Is it A7, B3 or C1? If you know the answer, you can call 09011-111-080 and you have to leave your answer, your name and your telephone number. Calls cost 25 pence a minute. Or you can text LOST, then your answer to 83188. Each text cost 25 pence. Now, if you're the sort of person who hates knowing anything at all about next week's episode, it's time to avert your ears for a few seconds because we have a small but exclusive clip to play. In what you're about to hear, Locke is talking to Charlie. Are you using... Heroin, are you using again? Kate sees a horse, nothing. 
Pretty much everybody's seen Walt wandering around the jungle, but when it's Charlie, it must be the bloody drugs, right? Has Charlie been seeing things too? All will be revealed next week when we'll be back dissecting episode 12, and we'll see how Tom got on interviewing one of the big brains behind Lost, Damon Lindelof. It's still not too late to email your questions for Damon to UKLost at channel4.com, which is also the email address if you want to take part in the show and send your theories to. That's UKLost at channel4.com. You can also share your thoughts on all things Lost on the forum at channel4.com forward slash Lost, and of course, watch the next episode on Tuesday on Channel 4 at 10 p.m. Uh, or straight after on E4. Thanks to my panellists, to Nikki, uh, to Paul and Janine, and make sure you join us next week down the hatch. I'm Ian Lee, and remember, the button is bad. to a download from Channel 4. To find more downloads like this, go to channel4radio.com.